Hi, welcome to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast, a weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I am Lee Campbell-Taylor, the interim pastor here, and Covenant Presbyterian Church is an open, affirming congregation, and we're so glad you found us. Our primary mission is to equip God's people to serve Christ in the world. In our weekly messages, we hope that you'll find inspiration, encouragement, and even challenge for your faith journey. Please listen with us now. This story touches three topics, all of them important in our relationship with God. First, the story clearly tells of Jesus' ability to heal. Second, it clearly tells of Jesus' commitment to include those whom society excludes. And third, less clearly, and thus more intriguingly, there's something in here about a connection between gratitude and faith. Okay, first, Jesus' ability to heal. Now, there are lots of healing stories. In fact, stories about Jesus as the healer were already circulating during Jesus' earthly life. And that may actually be why these lepers were out on the side of the road waiting for him. Maybe they'd heard that this rabbi, whom they know to call by name, this rabbi with the compassion and the power to heal is making his way toward their village. And so they're watching for him. Those who suffered from leprosy, which is a term that covers various skin disorders, some of them curable, those people were outcasts, contagious outcasts. The book of Leviticus spends multiple chapters prescribing how lepers were to live. They had to wear ragged clothes and unkempt hair to keep apart from other people. And if they saw someone approaching, they were required to cover their mouth and cry, unclean, unclean. So while their physical pain was significant, they also suffered the pain of exclusion. What a thing to be healed from. And yet, as healing stories go, today's text isn't especially compelling because the actual healing, or cleansing, as the text also puts it, it takes place off stage. Jesus replies to their appropriately distant supplication by instructing the lepers to go show yourselves to the priests. Now, to our ears, that sounds like a a non sequitur, but only priests could certify that someone was no longer a leper. Priests were trained to examine people and declare whether or not they were free of leprosy and ready to be admitted to society. So Jesus sends the ten lepers to the priest, and somewhere along their way, they are made clean. Let's pause for just a moment to imagine that. Suddenly freed from pain and stigma, isolation, suffering, loneliness, humiliation. (laughs) Yes, this is definitely a story about Jesus' ability to heal. Jesus heals individuals and communities. Jesus heals physical bodies and also heals lives. Thanks be to God. And the story is also about Jesus' willingness to include those whom society excludes. In all four Gospels, we witness Jesus enacting inclusion. He includes tax collectors and sinners, 
He includes Gentiles, he includes slaves, he includes women, he includes children. Standing under these rainbow ribbons, I have to go on record as saying that were Jesus walking the streets of Atlanta this weekend, he would absolutely include everyone marching in the pride parade. Which is why we, the body of Christ, do likewise. Among the unlikely folk whom Jesus includes are Samaritans. Jews and Samaritans were two factions who shared a close history broken by hard schism. Now, a few decades ago, we might have likened them to Protestants and Catholics in Ireland. Early in this century, we might have updated that comparison and likened them to Sunni and Shia Muslims. And nowadays, we might as well liken them to Americans swept up in recklessly bitter partisanship. But the gospel writers make sure we understand that Jesus excludes no one, not even Samarians. And this isn't the Bible's most compelling story about Jesus' inclusion of Samaritans. There's his famous tale, The Good Samaritan. And there's my personal favorite, his encounter with a Samaritan woman at the well. Still, this is definitely a story about Jesus' determination to include those whom society excludes. Jesus even names this guy a foreigner, not only a leper, but a Samaritan leper. So Jesus is committed to including even those of us with multiple strikes against us. Thanks be to God. Okay, so while this is a story about Jesus' ability to heal and about Jesus' inclusion of those whom society excludes, it's not the most memorable example of either. And as I've spent time with this passage this week, what's come to make it memorable to me is the connection it draws between gratitude and faith. It's not simply about gratitude, but about the connection between gratitude and faith. I mean, Luke isn't talking about mere etiquette. This is not a biblical scold to say thank you. Important though that is, the story's got to be here for some more profound purpose. So what might this less than obviously clear connection be between gratitude and faith? Well, let's start by considering our grateful Samaritan. He, along with the other nine lepers, called out to Jesus and then followed Jesus' instructions to go to the priests. And on their way, he and the other nine are cured of this disease. The others were, no doubt, overjoyed and relieved and eager to celebrate with friends and family. And notice that Jesus does not spend a whole lot of time condemning them. The others returned to their lives. But this one man returns to Jesus, quote, praising God with a loud voice. And he then prostrates himself at Jesus' feet and thanks him. And Jesus replies, your faith has made you well. That made you well phrase might better be translated as made you whole or even more strongly, your faith has saved you. 
Now, a Jewish rabbi commenting on the faith of a Samaritan is pointing to something deep, because as is the case with Irish Catholics and Protestants and with Sunni and Shia Muslims and with 21st century Americans, the faith of Jews and Samaritans had significant points of difference, none of which gets in Jesus's way, thanks be to God. What's caught Jesus's attention and earned Jesus's commendation is the man's awareness of God's activity in human life. That awareness is the connection between gratitude and faith. Now, I, I, I trust that all of us have moments where we have been overcome by gratitude. Think for just a moment of the times when that's been your experience. Perhaps the birth of a child, the completion of a quest, falling in love, escaping from peril, witnessing the glories of nature. I think of the summer of 2011 when I had the opportunity for a 10-week internship with a church in Cape Town. And Clark and our boys came and spent about a month of that time with me, during which time we journeyed across the southern tip of Africa to Addo, which is a national park particularly famous for elephants. We arrived just in time for the dusk safari. And as we were approaching, there had been this rare thunderstorm that had left the air so clean it was like it had been scrubbed. So off we went into the into the wilds of the park and lightning would flash and you would see elephants right there. And so in that ramshackle old Land Rover, I witnessed my two sons as they experienced seeing herds of elephants and wildebeests and zebra up close for the first time. And I was thrown back to my own childhood in Kenya where my three brothers and I had been formed by that kind of experience. And when the safari was over and the Addo guide dropped us back at our thatched cabin, we were too keyed up to cook. So we just grabbed some snacks and went back outside because that night was also a total lunar eclipse. And so the four of us, my darling husband, our darling sons and I, huddled together in the chilly, scrubbed air and watched as the full moon disappeared and constellations none of us had ever seen before glimmered into view. And I thought, this has got to be how religion started, the overwhelming need to thank someone. That is my strongest sense of being overcome by gratitude and it falls far short of the faith that Jesus commends in today's text. Yeah, I experienced a rush of gratitude and awe and joy, but the awareness of God's activity was vague for me. 
Whereas the man in Luke's story is overflowing with gratitude specifically because he recognizes that God is active in human history, in his personal history, in that of his nine companions. I think that is why we hear Jesus say to him, your faith has saved you. Your awareness of God's presence in your life and the life of your community is what makes you whole. I think that's the connection between gratitude and faith. And the thing is that this grateful awareness of God's activity in human life, which includes God's commitment to healing and God's commitment to inclusion, that awareness requires no extreme circumstances, no rescue from dire disease, nor being blessed to overflowing there in the wilds of Southern Africa. The life of faith may include exhilarating experiences, but true faith is not built on those. True faith is built upon grateful awareness of God's everyday activity in your life and the life of your community. Gail Ramshaw, one of our finest liturgical scholars, has a brand new book out entitled Blessing and Beseeching. It's a collection of prayers inspired by scripture passages, and one of them puts into words, far better than mine, this connection between gratitude and faith. The passage that inspires her particular prayer is from the Old Testament prophet Habakkuk, who wrote, though the fig tree does not blossom and no fruit is on the vines, Though the flock is cut off from the fold and there is no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will give thanks to God for my salvation. And from that scripture, Ramshaw prays this. O God, everlasting giver, perpetual gift, overflowing treasure chest, Form me into a habit of gratitude so that I arise every morning praising you and at every meal I bless you and that waiting in line for my turn I hum a gloria so that I fall asleep each night thanking you. May it be you whom I am grateful for rather than merely for all the good things I receive from you or for some salvation other than yourself that I might achieve. For better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, I thank you, O God. Ramshaw identifies a habit of gratitude that is independent of spectacular occurrences. An everyday life of daily gratitude is a life of faith. And we can live that, church. Thanks be to God. It is the Samaritan's grateful faith and faithful gratitude that Jesus identifies as saving the man. And we have access to that, church. Thanks be to God. God is at work in human history, healing, 
and including and inviting us all into deeper faith and gratitude, we can live in awareness that God is active in our lives, church. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast. I invite you to visit our website, covpresatl.org. That's C-O-V-P-R-E-S-A-T-L.org. There you'll find current worship information, links to our live Sunday morning streaming service, and our full archive of recorded services. You'll also find out more about us and how to get in touch. I wish you well in these strange times. God is with us. Grace and peace to you.